Hi, I'm Burke, and due to the nature of this podcast, there might be depictions of graphic violence or harsh language, so listener discretion is advised. And I wasn't quite planning on doing this, but you know what? Because it's been feeling like fall and my area seems to be like, we're going to start spooky season a little bit earlier. But I'm going to tie this spooky season episode with a regular episode. And in today's episode, we're going to talk about building a one shot. Also, a disclaimer I forgot to kind of get to at the beginning of this. My mic is going to sound a little different. I'm still tweaking things here and there. I'm using a preset that sounds really good right now, but I really need to watch this masterclass video and just build a profile for my microphone, which I haven't quite done yet. So let's start with designing a one shot is pretty much identical to designing a campaign, except for it's just condensed down a lot. For the most part, it only needs a little bit more planning than just a regular session. It really does. But let's start with the foundation of what you need to do to build a one shot. And let's start with you need a theme and a concept. And since we're building a spooky thing, let's pick up as a, I don't know, let's do an asylum that they need helpers to help clear out and help them retake over the asylum. That sounds fun. Let's do that. It could work in a sci-fi game. It could work in a fantasy game. But I think let's go ahead and set this in modern times. And that can be like a big window too. You know what? Let's go ahead and set this in the 80s. That way our protagonists can all have awesome mullets and acid wash jeans and all that fun stuff. Now, like I said, you could easily set this in a fantasy setting if you'd really liked. For this, we're just going to play around with it being in the 80s. Now that we have the concept and the theme and a little bit of the setting too, because it's going to be set in an asylum that you're trying to help take control of, whether you're law enforcement or just an outside contractor looking to help out. The third thing you need to add is your plot outline. So we need to develop a basic plot outline where you can identify the main goal of your one shot, whether it be your players reestablishing control over this place or let's say taking out the big bad guy that's in here. Now, the next thing we need to design is characters. We need to figure out how many NPCs that are going to be in here, as well as the quest giver who has started you on this path. Also, need to come up with the conflict that's also in here as well. So the conflict and the characters line up hand in hand too, because this is a mental institution that's gone crazy. So maybe some of the inmates are just batshit insane and are attacking people who are in here. So we got the conflicts part. But we can also add challenges in here as well. Assume that the party isn't just going to have direct access to the entire facility as well. They're going to need to get key cards and keys just to try to get through different sections of here. And maybe they're getting help from some of the inmates who are also NPCs or helpful NPCs. Now, if let's say you have players that are playing family members of some of these people, you need to mail the player hooks because we want to have your players have investment into these characters for the plot reasons. Because let's say if Jim's in there trying to get his brother who is currently, I don't know, going through rehab, that this is the only rehab center that is available, who he's just locked up with the crazy people right now, even though he's not crazy, but you need to get his brother out. This is a plot hook for one of the players. This step can be optional with one shot sometimes. In a situation like this, if they are playing all law enforcement, they're not necessarily going to have the plot hooks that, let's say, if they weren't playing law enforcement, if that makes sense. 
This step is also optional. You can actually build pre-generated characters and they can pick one of these people. This grants a little bit of randomness and flexibility. Also, if you do this different, you can give them certain different abilities too. So every time they play this, it can, can be completely different. Unfortunately, this one doesn't translate very well to a podcast medium, but we want to talk about making maps and visual aids. You're definitely going to want to build a map of the facility, especially when it comes down to like the challenges and everything else. You want to be able to lay out the what's going on in this facility. So having a base map of like pretty much every floor, you can maybe hide stuff behind um, pieces of paper if you're doing it in person or fog of war if you're doing it online. Now the visual aids are great too because you can put notes and you can pass notes to players too that have little tidbits or you know let's say somebody's accessing a filing cabinet and they look for a specific file you might have typed out one of those files on the inmate that they're necessarily after to take out or maybe say finding his brother. It would tell him where exactly they're being held. Now this is the 1980s. They might not have access to a computer. It might just be all filing cabinets. Now this one kind of goes without saying, you want to figure out what rule system you want to actually use for this. And you're going to know before you do anything, whether it be fifth edition or in this case, it may be, I don't know, esoterrorists or some of these other ones. For this, I would try to find something more modern so it translated a little bit better. Maybe if I was setting this in more of a sci-fi setting, I'd either go Starfinder or I'd use the Stargate um, RPG. That'd be an interesting game. Just have you go to some asylum planet and you're trying to reestablish control to help the um, the inmates or even to help the, the guards reestablish control of the prison. That would be a great idea. That'd be a fun little game. Just set it in Stargate. Now this one kind of goes more of a handout to the the group before you start playing, but it also can be you setting the stage for the game as well. Maybe you want to set up the backstory and the lore of this place or the of your one shot. We talked about Theater of the Mind the last episode. This is a great time to set up the theater of the mind and kind of talk to your players about what's happening in this world or this setting or just this situation scenario whatever now we get down to running the game and you need to figure out stages on where you want your players to level if your players are even going to level you want to set the pace you want to set the atmosphere even the rewards throughout the the scenario and lastly this one might not be something that pops into your head you might want to talk to your players about how they felt about running this one shot or maybe how you could improve it or what they would maybe like to see in their next one doing a kind of a debrief on how your party enjoyed the the one shot is actually a big thing and well this one is the last one i mean the last one kind of was the last one but you definitely want to schedule this you want to schedule ahead of time so you have time to prep. Make sure you get everything ready ahead of time. I know this sounds like, shouldn't this be first? Well, you kind of want to have this all figured out beforehand. Okay, now that we have all of how to kind of design a one-shot out of the way, let's build one. Let's call this place the Ravenwood Asylum. Let's set this out in the mountains in the Pacific Northwest. There's plenty of pine trees and it is shrouded in a low mist around this time of year. It's kind of like a lot of fog that it doesn't quite warm up enough during the day to burn it off. The asylum clearly has a section of it that has been abandoned. 
It is dilapidated, and you can see where nature has tried to retake the whole asylum. A good chunk of it is still intact. This asylum's not as well used as it used to be. There's moss and mold growing on the outside of the asylum, and its white paint has begun to chip and fall off, leaving the concrete visible on the sides. The walls around the place have begun to crumble, and even the road up to this place is filled with potholes. You begin to wonder how they even let the inmates out, but you see a fenced-off region to allow them some outside time. You even see a tennis court that was once in use, but it appears they have cut down the poles, so nobody can really use it. There's the setting. And honestly, it didn't take very much just processing. I'm actually taking a lot of inspiration from the area I live in. No, I don't have a mental institution near me, but I mean, this morning, there was a nice bit of fog and with the pine trees and up here in the Pacific Northwest, sometimes it doesn't burn off until later in the day. Okay, so now to the plot. Let's have this be designed for four players. And you know what? Let's not have them all be law enforcement. We'll have one be law enforcement. We'll have one be a journalist, one be an investigator, and one be related to one of the people in the facility. This gives a mix of different skills. Let's say the one who is related, let's make them a construction worker. This way, each player can play to the different strengths in different parts of the game. Their skills are going to be more available. All right, now to our main villain. The main villain is Evelyn Blackwood, an inmate of the Ravenwood Asylum. She was committed for gruesome acts of cannibalism and believing that consuming the flesh of her victims would appease the demon she believes to be possessed by. She was locked up in the solitary confinement wing and was able to overpower her guards and release the other inmates, all criminally insane. Okay, now that we have that set up, let's set up some objectives. Let's say let's have the players uncover the truth. The players must explore the asylum's dark history and decipher the cryptic patient records and diaries to uncover the truth about Evelyn Blackwood and her alleged demonic possession. This fits really well for the journalist. Actually, I changed my mind. Let's have the last one instead of being construction worker. Let's have them a member of the clergy. The next objective could be confront the malevolent presence. As the players delve deeper into the asylum, they encounter unsettling paranormal phenomena, and it seems like the inmates are possessed themselves, either by vengeful spirits or demonic presences. And the objective for the cleric is to figure out why this is happening. Save the missing family member. The journalist's younger brother was admitted for rehab, but yet before they could be released with the other inmates who escaped, they were cut off and are somewhere in the facility. And lastly, Exercise the demon. To put an end to the terror, the players must discover the truth behind Evelyn's possession and find a way to exercise the demon that plagues her. This could involve finding the ancient rituals, deciphering cursed texts, or seeking the help of a knowledgeable occultist who is also incarcerated. Okay, now that we have that all figured out, let's build some challenges. Now, challenges like this can come in a multitude of different ways. We can have combat which we're going to lean heavy into the psychological horror aspect. We may even have fallen enemies come back after a certain amount of rounds or a certain amount of time. This builds a more dire circumstances throughout the place because as you take down more and more enemies, if you don't have a way to stop them from getting to you, eventually they will be overrun. 
We can add some moral dilemmas. Present the players with more moral dilemmas that they uncover through the dark secrets of the asylum. Choices that make an impact on their sanity, the outcome, and have the outcome affect the story. Maybe you find that they're still doing lobotomies. Maybe you find this place isn't as upright as people have made it sound. Maybe there's a lot of horror stuff that has been happening in this place. I'm keeping it vague because I don't want to add a trigger warning to this episode. You can use your imagination. I mentioned earlier the time pressure. I think if you run something like this, you should design it so there's always a sense of urgency. There's always your players being pushed forward. Whether it be to stop the dark ritual from being completed or to save the the people who aren't bad in here. And lastly, with this one, limited resources. Because with a mental institution, let's say your group only has access to one or two guns. Ammunition in a mental institution, you're not going to find it. So you are in a crunch for time and resources. So having limited resources becomes everything, whether it be medical supplies to ammunition, keeps the players on their toes, as well as if you're pushing them for time and pressuring from time, it's going to make it more fun for them because it's putting them in a stressful situation. Okay, now that we have that all built, let's kind of, I'm going to talk my way through this part of building the map. Yeah, it's not really a podcast focused thing because it's not visual and I haven't quite figured out how to do visual podcasts. So eh, we'll figure it out later. All right, so let's split this up between the exterior. I mentioned all the different places earlier on, so we don't really have to go through that much. So we got the reception hall and then you're going to have patient wards. Let's say this place has six different patient wards. And if you want to get even more complicated with this, let's bump it up to 12 and have a male and female section. Now this can be included with the exterior, but the courtyard might be something completely different. Maybe there is a graveyard on site that is connected to the courtyard. Okay. Let's add Evelyn's lair. Now, what would her lair possibly be? Let's have it be something that's in hidden. Let's have it be something that was buried. Let's say there used to be this old pool house that had an underground swimming pool when this place was used to be a college. And lastly, where do we put the demonic portal? Now, the fun part about this one is you could put this in a multitude of different places. This could be even random. Now, with me designing this thing, what I would do is after you take down Evelyn, the demonic portal would open somewhere on the premises and I would roll a dice for it because I'm just that cruel. Keeping this random allows for this to be different every time your players play it. And Evelyn's lair could be in different places as well. Maybe the demonic portal is in the pool house. Maybe one playthrough that the brother is actually hidden in the hidden pool house. Just have it be in different places. You can have it be completely different. You could have the portal be in the middle of the courtyard in the cemetery. We'll give them nicknames so it's a little bit more interesting. So when they they run into people, they get told, oh, look for, let's say, the clockmaker to help them with the next set, next section of the challenges. So let's start with, let's make Samuel the clockmaker. Let's say Lucinda the whisperer, Henry the puppeteer, Eloise the seer, Harper the painted lady. Vincent the Night Walker, Alice the Mirror Maven, Edgar the Prophet, Charlotte the Insect Queen, Oscar the Mechanic, Isabella the Silent Siren, and Walter the Bookworm. 
and Jim the Hidden One. Okay, this allows having a multitude of different characters for your players to run into. And these characters could be good or bad, depending on what they need or how they interact with them. And given that they're insane, at least some of them, some of these are just regular characters that just have this certain nickname. Like I say, Oscar the Mechanic is actually just a mechanic who works on the facility. However, the inmates call him the Mechanic. Now, Edgar the Prophet is an inmate who believes that a catastrophe is coming and has frequently foretelled that they are in the end of days. Sorry, I can't help but have fun with this. Okay, now that we've built this, let's build a couple more NPCs. Now let's have a couple of the doctors that are still in here. So let's have Dr. Sinclair who is the head psychiatrist. Let's say let's have Nurse Marcus, who is the head nurse, who is still alive. And let's call this one Dr. Izzy Morgan. And let's have her be the occult specialist that your players are going to need for part of the dungeon too. Dungeon, the one shot. Now we can add some puzzles and lootables that are going to make the this one shot easier, even making them random. Let's say there's different parts of contraband that are throughout this facility. Maybe there's a cursed items in some of these parts that are cursed by the demon itself. Maybe they go down to the kitchen area and try to know, recover some knives or some go down to where the staff gets set up so they can get some batons so they're not completely defenseless. We can add puzzles like get, you need to get the keys to open up the gates to the next level. Let's say this facility is six stories high. Let's say the outside doors are two, three stories high. And let's say there's different gates. And let's say different things have the different keys needed to move throughout this place. So it adds that level of time crunch. The, oh crap, I need to figure out how to open this secret door that goes down to where Evelyn's lair is, if down in the pool house. Hey, I need some bolt cutters, so I need to track down where the bolt cutters are. Or if you want to get really crazy, you maybe need to find the code to the alarm system to a certain part of the facility, or it's going to alert everything where you are. Okay, now I think this covers pretty much everything. This is basically what you do throughout a whole campaign, except for you condense it into one go. Now that's pretty much it. The only things I would add to this that I can't really do at this time is I would design how much combat you have in this place. And you really need to know your system and all of that ahead of time, especially when you're building this. So you'd figure out your combat, you'd figure out the placement of the NPCs, you draw your map out, but frankly, this is it. This is all it takes to build one of these things, and I hope you really enjoyed this, because it's a lot of fun to build a spooky, scary thing like this, and I might actually just run this this Halloween. I have a group of people I work with who were talking about learning how to play D&D or a tabletop setting like this, so I would be tempted to just build this and pick a system that's really easy for them, and let's run it this spooky season well this for this halloween this would be a lot of fun okay well i should have gave the disclaimer at the beginning i've been kind of sick so i might sound a little off and the microphone isn't helping so i went ahead and added a poll to the last episode we have a couple votes i had some people message me on discord what they were going to vote so i do have a handful of votes in for the what we're talking about during spooky season whether it be a mythical creature or whatnot but I'm going to add that poll to this episode as well. I'm also going to add a link to the 
episode in the description for those who are on different platforms other than Spotify. So that way, if you want to participate, you can also vote. But as of right now, mythical creatures are actually way ahead. We're actually around 12 votes for mythical creatures with it just people just DMing me and the Spotify poll. So if you'd like to participate on that, I'm going to link everything in the show description. We just got done recording the Talor campaign. I've had a really busy day, but um, it was a lot of fun. Did some combat. I might have ruined combat for <laughs> Jin a little bit tonight. Sorry, slow scrolls are awesome. I don't actually remember the date he said for the next episode of the Talor campaign. I believe it was October 22nd, but I could be wrong. I'll let you all know if it's something different. And as a reminder, we have a Discord. And thank you so much for making it to the end of this episode. And if you enjoyed this episode, if you could tell a friend about it, that'd be awesome. And thank you so much for listening again. And I will catch you on the next one in spooky season.